Hello and welcome to the Road to the Trials podcast where we take an insider's look into the training and racing of some of America's best runners as they prepare for the 2024 Olympic trials. And we are doing our first Boston recap with CJ Almerson. CJ, thank you for hopping on so quickly after the race. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, the tiredness and, and fatigue of traveling and not, not sleeping and all that hasn't quite uh, settled in yet, so it's good to do it now because by tomorrow, you know, I'll probably be pretty useless. <laughs> there you go. Is it kind of like uh like sometimes you know, like do a workout, like a really hard workout? Um, maybe you haven't done one before or haven't done one in a while. You get like the DOMS, so you have to like sometimes you like we'll do like back to back workouts like before the DOMS sets in. They try to get like that second one in before they're just like you know walking backwards down the stairs. Is this like the podcast equivalent of that? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. Because normally, you know, the night the night before marathon, you don't sleep a whole lot. Um, this was actually probably one of a, a PR for sleep. I slept like six and a half hours before the marathon. Wow. So yeah, it was it was a lot. Uh, and then you know the night after the the night of the marathon, like after the race, you know, you don't really sleep a whole lot because it's just you know just a lot. And then uh, yeah, I didn't really sleep much last night. It was like a big you know traveling back home and then just kind of getting settled back and then going back to work and stuff. So still just like I'm starting to kind of come down now, but it hasn't quite hit. Uh, so yeah, tomorrow I think I'm just going to be pretty tired. <laughs> it's going to, you know, eventually those, those sleep hours catch up with you. And is that pretty much like the, the MO with most of the marathons and most races or is it, is each time a little different? Yeah, that that's pretty typical. Usually, like for a day or two afterwards, I feel I feel all right, like energy wise. Um, and then you know, at some point, I get pretty tired, and that that's with like any travel. So now, you know, if I am like in training and I do some travel or or go to some event or something, you know, I I kind of I try to take the next day easy, uh, or just like and and try to even if I don't feel tired, just try to just lay around as much as I can because I know if I if I push and just live normal life that next day, then the, the second day after I'm going to be just, just wiped. So, um, kind of learn, you know, myself a little bit, but yeah, this is pretty typical. So we'll see, um, see how I apply, apply, catch up on sleep tomorrow. <laughs> nice. Well, obviously when you run a 210, 33 marathon, it is a, a huge physical stimulus with that said this tiredness after the race we're not gonna spend all the time talking about your after race tiredness so just one more question how much of it i guess i mean obviously there's the physical component how much of it's like the mental and emotional piece that goes into everything that goes into race day right because it's not just the physical side right the mental and emotional focus around race day even leading up to race day i would assume would be pretty considerable yeah yeah there's definitely a lot of mental and emotional energy um even if you don't necessarily feel it and, uh, you know, and then there's excitement, too. Um, I think people have talked about before, you know, kind of like the, the post-race crash or I don't know what they call it. Or maybe like post-race depression or whatever. Just because, like, it, that's like any any big event, um, you, you have that. And so I think, like, especially for um, younger runners or, like, maybe, like, you know, high school or college athletes, you're not necessarily e expecting that. Um, and so when you when you go to a big race and whether you do good or bad, you know, you're you do it. And then like a few days later, you just feel like really down and um, just kind of like tired or whatever, maybe maybe even not motivated to to run, even if you did well. And like, you know, the, the right after the race, you're just super pumped. Or if you did bad, you're you're still super pumped. You're like, oh, I want to come back and avenge my my bad performance or whatever. Um but then eventually that tiredness kind of kicks in and then you're just like, sometimes you get in this funk. And so I feel like when you're, when you're racing a lot, especially, um, as a younger athlete, like you, you have to just know that that's a part of it. Like your, your emotions and your mental energy is going to, um, most likely take a dip. Um, not always, but for those races that you're really, really, really excited for, you're probably going to have some, you know, if you have a high, you're probably going to have a little bit of a low. And so I've run enough races now. I, I just expect that. So if I start feeling kind of weird, it's like, okay, this is just, I'm coming down off the, off the high of, you know, this, <laughs> the crazy, awesome Boston experience or, or whatever race I did. 
Yeah, and we just last week, five days ago, we talked about your Boston preview, which was really exciting to hear. And you dove into your training and what you're actually planning on doing uh, the weekend of the race and all of that. So we're not going to dive into all of this right now. I'd refer people back to that episode. Uh, with that said, what was the just the energy level for you in during the weekend? I've talked to some people about Boston. Over the course of the weekend, I was up there on Friday, and it definitely had the feel for a lot of people who've been to several Bostons that it finally felt like it was back to kind of like pre-COVID, and maybe even more so uh, in terms of like the energy level surrounding the event, the excitement, the stoke people had in the city. Obviously, there was like, I think, more corporate events than I've ever seen in my life just from running brands. I know you're associated with that with Brooks, but it just overall seemed like people were so excited just for the general vibe of the race as a pro runner who's part of that but also you need to separate so that you're ready for race day what was that like for you yeah i mean it i felt like it was great uh the energy was awesome um yeah we we had some corporate events but i mean brooks had a their hyperion house um and it, i mean from all, every time i was there it seemed like it was great there's always lots of people in it lots of energy uh, they had various panels that that all seemed to to go well and people were into um and i I enjoyed those too um and I think yeah I mean it was a great balance for me I felt like I was able to to have interactions and excitement and kind of soak in the energy and just kind of have fun and and enjoy the weekend um without without feeling exhausted or without feeling like I was doing too much before the race um it was just kind of like you know I got to get out and not just sit around in my hotel and dwell about the race. I got to, you know, just got to have, you know, have fun and, um, just experience, you know, the, the, the running community, which, you know, was just, was great there. Um, and yeah. And then it, I, I feel like I had like a very balanced sense of like calmness with like enjoyment throughout the whole weekend. So, um, as far as like pre-race, I think this was one of the, the best I've ever felt, probably along with the Olympic trials, both of those races, I just felt really balanced um, leading into it. All right, let's talk about, you know, the, the, the moments leading into the beginning of the race. And after that, I'm going to read a Instagram post that you published today, which was incredibly well written and people are um, really connecting with. So we'll, I'll read that and then we'll talk about some of the topics that you mentioned on here, which are not all entirely new to people who've been listening to these episodes because you've talked about some of them already. Um, but in the moments leading up to the beginning of the race, when you were thinking about what your plan was or how you were going to potentially either, you know, um, lead things out or how you'd react to certain people leading things out, um, what crystallized for you about how you wanted to to start the race um, and how you might react to other people, how they started the race? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to have really concrete plans because you don't know what everyone else is going to do, so... I had a couple different scenarios. Um, I thought that it was either going to go out pretty fast um, and I was going to most likely settle in to, to maybe a second group and, and I didn't know what that would be, but, you know, th so that was a possibility. And then there was another possibility that um, if it didn't go, I mean, there's a possibility that I thought it would go out slow because no one was going to lead besides Kipchoge. I thought his, his, uh, teammate um augustine shogi what <laughs> was possibly going to be pacing or, or setting an early on pace um but then i was like if he didn't I, I i didn't think kipchoge was going to lead from the gun and uh and if it wasn't his teammate no one's going to lead kipchoge because they're just not i mean it it, it you know it benefited him to, it would just only benefit him to have a hot pace off the start so i was like there's a chance um if I went out to the front, they would just let me go because the only person that would run me down is Kipchoge. And I personally thought he wouldn't take the lead until over halfway. So I started on the outside like I normally do. Uh, I stayed on the first, you know, 30 meters. I kind of stay on the outside and kind of look. And if they were jogging off the line, I was just going to kind of go out at, you know, my normal 435 to 440 pace downhill. Um, and just kind of run, you know, a moderate pace on the downhills. Um, and if they let me get a lead, like I would, um, but that wasn't the case, you know, right, uh, right when the gun went off, 
he went straight to the front. And then I still plan to go with the second pack even a couple miles in. And then it just, uh, I don't know. I, I never, I, I thought I would just naturally kind of slow down and drift into the second pack. And then I, I just, I didn't, I was just kind of with the front pack and I felt kind of easy. And then I, then I kind of looked around and like, there wasn't, I, the second pack wasn't even close anymore. So I was just there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, it was interesting. Cause so from a viewing experience, um, it was basically like simple, single camera for the most part, like the men's front and the women's front. And sometimes they were split screen. Sometimes they were not. Um, so it's not like people who were viewing from home could see everything that was going on, especially with the women's race. <laughs> but we don't have to talk about that right now. Uh, but the women's coverage was, boy, did that leave a lot to be desired. But from the men's coverage perspective, um, we couldn't see everything. But it did seem that there were a couple points where, like, you started to fall off and then kind of came back. And the thing with the these one single camera shots that you can never tell, like, if, like, you're actually slowing down or if other people are speeding up and then conversely, if like you're catching back up or if they're slowing back down, I think it was around the 27 minute mark. You started to kind of fade off the back and then you rejoined, you know, basically two miles, you know, two or three miles later on the 40 minute mark, you know, in terms of like the camera I was watching during those periods of time, would you describe that as you falling off the pace or was they, were they speeding up or how would you, how were you thinking about those moments? Um, yeah, it was, so after the first, the first four miles are significantly downhill. Um, and then after that, it, it gets pretty rolly. And so some of those are net uphill miles. And um, so during when I was kind of falling off, it was, I was just trying to maintain an effort because I'm, you know, I, I'm, I was going out fast, but I still didn't have the attitude of like, oh, I'm just going to try to hang on with these guys no matter what. My attitude was just, I'm just going to run what just comes natural the first half because like you can't start pressing five miles in it's it's not gonna not gonna work uh so i just i just kind of ran like the same effort and and as we're going up some uphill portions they were still maintaining a you know low 440s or or faster you know pretty fast pace and that was just i would have had to press too much so i just kind of ran an even effort and then the next two miles they slowed down and i just kept running the same and um, so I rejoined them. Um, so when I dropped back, it, it would have been not like, you know, if there was another pack that was right there, like I, I definitely would have ran with that pack. Um, but it, it just, what my natural running just led me kind of with the, the first pack. So yeah, and, yeah. And, and I was just trying to maintain an even effort basically. Right. And you know, the, the camera doesn't tell the whole picture. So it's hard to tell like how far you fell or how far you were distance from the front pack. But I can just tell for like, in terms of the, the viewing experience for us, like there was no obvious second pack, like over your shoulder where it'd be like, Oh yeah. He, no. <laughs> you know, he's going back with like Nico and Scott and some of the other people who were like behind you. It did seem like the, the first pack was pretty far adrift from, from the, the, the chase pack at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't exactly know how far, but I mean, yeah, it, it wasn't, I would have had to slow down significantly to get back in that pack at that point or back in the second pack. Yeah, for sure. And it's not like cycling. You have like people like holding up a little thing like, Hey, this is how far ahead you are. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) It's all kind of like, I would assume it's kind of like a guessing game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's take a a read of, um, and I don't like to do this very often, especially because like, I'm not the best public speaker from when it comes to reading standpoint, but I'm getting better. So here we go, baby. I'm, I'm ready to do it. Um, this one's for you. Um, my 10th grade teacher who said I, I should never read in public again after reading the play 1776 in class. But we're doing it anyway. This one's for Mr. Roland. All right. 2-10-33, 12th place at the Boston Marathon. On paper, a mediocre result. With analysis, a poor result. With a 62-20 first half split, then fading hard with a 68-13 second half. But this race was special. For a while now, it's been difficult to enjoy running or really anything in life. And I've had this feeling that I'm not exactly myself. Life, I'm sorry, like my life and personality have been filtered in a grayscale. This weekend in Boston was full of vibrant color, running 15 miles with the world's best marathoners, far faster than I've ever ran before, felt right. And it felt like me. It's hard to describe, but the genuine joy 
peace, and fun I experienced during the race hit me in a way that I could only interpret as this is who I am. Yesterday, I wasn't fit enough to race a full 26.2 with the world's best, and many would say I should have ran the first half slower, including me, before the race. Analytically, they are correct. But I was rewarded anyway. I was reminded of who I am, the greatness I was created for, not just in running, in the joy of running and life. We all have greatness within us. We may not have achieved it yet, have it mastered, the habits slash discipline necessary to get there, and sometimes may not even feel as true, but it's still who we are. Time to live it out. Um, I guess the first thing I want to talk about, because we've already talked about some of the pacing stuff, and I think that's secondary to the point here. Um, is this the way you put it? And I thought it was really well done. Um, like my life and personality have been filtered in a grayscale. You talked about this at length in our introductory um, conversation. And you had also framed it as once race day gets closer, I anticipate that this part is going to fall away. And kind of the vibrancy and the color would, would, would kind of uh, filter back into your life. Um, did you experience any of that before race day? Or did you kind of have that same feeling all the way through right up until uh, the race? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I, yeah, I started feeling... Um, a little bit better um, as it got closer to the race. Um, and I think, you know, your, your physical and, and mental, emotional, all those things are, are kind of tied together. So as I'm dialing in, you know, my, my physical fitness and, you know, really doing everything nutrition-wise and sleep-wise and recovery-wise, like just really trying to be like at my best in every possible way, uh, it does it does kind of stabilize you mentally and emotionally as well. And then emotionally, you also get, you know, it, it's fun and you get excited when you can see yourself getting pretty fit and progressing along the path that you want to be on when you have, you know, a, a goal race or any goal event coming up. And so I think just the combination of that, like physically, you know, the, the physiological part of my body that affects your brain was, was, was st stable in a way. Um, and then just the emotional excitement of, of you know, starting to, to, to do some good workouts and do some good long runs, knowing that that was going to make the Boston Marathon more fun and, and help me be more competitive. Um, yeah, that all kind of played together, and I, I was starting to feel better as we got closer to race day. And then also, I, I've been able to kind of, even when I haven't been in great moments, um, in life, which is with my mood or, or emotional side or whatever, um, I've been able to, to kind of figure it out or at least be okay. Like in the week or two leading up to the event, because I know, I know that I need to perform well. And it's just kind of like, it's weird because I feel like sometimes I think like, okay, why can't I just decide to be in a better place at any time? And for some reason it's just really hard, but, um, but then for some reason, I can't fully explain why when it comes to running and I know I have like a big event that I need to be like more stable for or in a better mood for or doing better emotionally and mentally for like I'm able I'm able to do it. It's almost like I'm able to just decide like I'm going to be, you know, my mental health is going to be better now. My motivation is just going to be better. It's just like a choice that I'm going to make and it's just going to be better. And then it is. And uh, but I can really only do that with very select things and running big races is one of those. And so I think that's one reason why I, I do like, I like, like it's hard to imagine not running because, um, you know, that's like when I'm not racing, like what if, you know, like you got to get out of that hole somehow sometimes. And so races, get me out of that hole sometimes that I'm in and, and I don't really even know why it just I'm able to like I'm able to dig dig myself which does, the expression dig yourself out of hole doesn't make sense because right you're digging unless you're going hole. to the other so, side of there unless you're yeah, literally so, going to the other side I'm able I mean yeah I, I guess I stop digging and I'm able to like climb out <laughs> it's yeah. like my brain is like oh like hey like stop trying to dig your way out of the hole and just climb up and then I was like yeah I'll climb up now <laughs> Yeah, it reminds me of an old saying where, like, this guy falls down a hole and he's yelling for help and his friend 
walks by and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm down in this hole. I'm going to ruin this thing, but it, it, hopefully I get most of it right. He's like, I'm down in this hole. You know, send help, send help, send help. And the guy goes, hold on a second. And he jumps into the hole. The second guy jumps in the hole. First guy's like, what, 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 what are you doing? Why did you come down here, man? Like, I just I thought you were going to go get help. And he's like, no, I've been in this hole before. I also know the way out. You know, and you get that feeling of like, all right, like I, you know, you, you have this support system where the idea behind it is obviously like you're not in here alone. I've been down here with you. and I can help you out when you are in those moments. Are there people or, you know, anything outside of like trying to wrestle in your own head that um, have gotten you through those moments outside of just, you know, either performing better or uh, waiting for race day to waiting for race day to happen? Um. Yes and no. I mean, obviously, like, you know, my wife um, helps a lot. <laughs> um, and, yeah, is, is obviously, like, really supportive. But there's also, like, um, there's not really, I guess, any, any anything that, like, people can say or really do that I can say helps. Like, it just, it does... I don't know. It, like sometimes, I guess things kind of help a little bit, but um, there's no like. I I think if you could because if you could identify that, it'd be, be pretty easy. Like, oh, like you know, you just talk to this person and then it's fixed. Or <laughs> like you just you just someone says this to you, or you, or you go do this activity with this person, and it's like obviously it's not. It doesn't. It's not that easy, or else it wouldn't be that hard to to get over. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I think, I think, I think where it is is um, there's not really anything that people can do or say that is going to necessarily change the mental or em emotional state I may be in, or really maybe anyone else can be in. But what what is important in those moments is the decisions that you make and the and the the things that you continue to do or don't do. And so regardless of how you're feeling or what you're thinking or what your motivation is or whatever, all, all those all those mental and emotional things, you still have to be living in the way that, that gets you to where you want to go and making the decisions that get you want where you want to go. And for some people, maybe avoiding decisions that are destructive. And so that's that's the area where like having people around you and, you know, having my, my wife that still forces me to do things like, um, you know, like sometimes when I'm really just not doing well, like I won't want to see anybody or do anything. And like, like in college when I was, you know, when I was really struggling, like she would force me to get out of bed and be like, you just, just, she would just keep turning on all the lights and be like, you're, you're. You know, I texted your friends, you're going and hanging out with them. And it's just like, like, that didn't make my mood better, but it got me doing actions that, you know, could make things better. So I think that's where it is, is, is finding people, finding people that will get you to do the right things, um, despite, you know, whatever you may continue to think or feel. So what about running 15 miles with some of the best runners in the world? brought you to a different place um yeah so i think it for i i think why i kind of reflected and, and wrote what i wrote was um when i finished i i didn't feel disappointed at all actually um and and my wife was a little confused because she thought she thought i was going to feel you know pretty disappointed because obviously i didn't finish super well um you know and i'm competitive so i want to I want to beat as many people as I can and um, definitely beat, you know, all the Americans that I've beat before. Um, and so, yeah, and, and so I was kind of thinking, like, I was, like, I was trying to, like, think about why I wasn't disappointed because I, I really wasn't. Like, I felt great after the race. Like, I was, I don't really know how to describe Like, I just, I felt good and, like, just at peace, really, with everything. So... Yeah, I think it was just when I was running, as I kind of mentioned in my post, it just felt like, it felt very comfortable, I guess, to be running with the group. And I feel like there was, uh, 
you know, when you think about running with, like, Kipchoge, like, he's just, like, this, like, almost, like, mythical person. Like, he's, like, so fast. But then when I'm in, when I was in the race with him, especially, you know, the first mile or two, it's, like, whatever. It's, like, two miles in. But when I was, like, ten miles in and I was running alongside him and, you know, clipping his heels and, like, being there, it's, like, I remember there was a point where it's, like, I wasn't just running with him. Like, I, I thought, I could beat him, and I'm like, I'm feeling great, like, I'm going to win, or, like, yeah, like, I thought, I, there was a moment, I was like, I, I can win the race, and, 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 like, all these great runners that, you know, I, I've seen their times, watching them on TV, and, you know, just, it's like, man, and especially Kipchoge, I mean, everyone just kind of, like, looks at him, like, wow, and, but then it was, but they, they just became so, like, I, just felt so in place there. Like, I didn't feel like I was running with these people that were better than me. It just it just felt like I was just running with no, like, just do, like, we were just out running, like, and I was there. And, and so, and then it just kind of, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm really it having It sounds like you're describing, like, the sense of flow. Yeah, I was definitely, there was definitely flow, but it was also, it was more like, kind of like deeper like I like I'm the best in the world aren't any different than I am like because I, I used to think like wrapping my mind around like running 440 pace for a marathon it just seemed so fast but then when I was out running that pace for for half of it it didn't seem like it seemed like this is this isn't anything that's crazy or hard like Obviously, I wasn't fit enough to, to do that for the full marathon, um, but it just, it didn't, it didn't seem crazy anymore. It was just like, this is, yeah, like, I can, I can do this. It's, like, it's just a, like, these guys aren't crazy. It's just, it's pretty, I mean, it's just, you can just do it. Um, and then, like, I, yeah, I just felt like they I don't know. It was just like this moment where it's like I can be f even greater than like I think I can be, which is is pretty high to begin with. <laughs> um, like, can I and, can I add something? It, it sounds yeah. like you. It sounds now and while I was reading this, just like everybody else probably knows this as well, that you reached a certain clarity, not just about your potential and place as a person now, but just in terms of clarity for like your life in general. Yeah, and well, I think, I mean, from like a young age, I've just always had this like, and I've said this on many different times, but like a kind of like a sense of like greatness that I would just have. And, and I couldn't really describe like what that would be specifically in terms of what I would do in life or times I'd run or, you know, places I'd get. But it's just this like overall like sense of like greatness on me that I was going to do like things that I, I that didn't necessarily logically make sense at the time. Like, um, that just seemed like too big of dreams, but it, it wasn't that like I was coming up with these dreams as like a kid, like, because I'm, I'm more of a logical person. Like, no, like let's, let's be realistic about what you can do. But it was just like, it did. It was just like, no, like you're just, I'm going to be really great. It's, it's just, it's just who I am. Like, I can't change that. Even if that's not what's happening right now, like, you know, eventually, um, like that, that's, that's who I am. <laughs> like, I mean, I still have to do the habits and stuff to get there, but, um, it's just me. And so sometimes, most of the time I don't feel that. Um, and I don't, a lot of times I think that way, but I just don't really like feel that. And like, you just, you know, you, you lose sight of that. Um, but then like moments like this, it's like, it's so strong. And like, sometimes I will refer to it like the voice, um, like this voice in my head and sometimes I'll refer to it on Strava, like I'll have a run where it's just like, it's just like, wow, like I'm going to, like, I'm like, I was made for greatness. <laughs> um, so yeah, but this was like, this run, it was just different. It was just, it was very, the, 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 the peace side of it was just different that I'm having trouble describing. 
Yeah, and I appreciate you diving into it because obviously it's something that's hard to put into words. And at the same time, you're being pretty vulnerable about sharing this sort of thing. I can tell just by looking in your face, like you're kind of like weighing, like, what should I say? How should I say it? And it, it, well, it's, it's more framing how, because I don't know how to like fully describe it myself. Like, like there's, there's almost like, there, yeah, there's just like feelings I don't really know how to put into words because like there's not really words. It's just like, yeah, it's just something I, I just like feel, I just like feel different or like, yeah, I don't really know, but it, it's, it's more, it, it's not necessarily like a super excited, like it's just, just like really like peaceful, like, I don't know, man, the race was just, I, I've just, yeah, I've just. I don't know. <laughs> and the fact that you was still there, not just during the flow state of like, look what I'm doing, look who I'm doing this with, but also at the finish line where you were far removed from that experience at mile 10, mile 12, mile 13. And, you know, and it was still there, still ever present. And you were still happy with the race and you're talking to your wife afterwards. So one thing you didn't address in the post, um, and yet it does feel like you, you are kind of brushing up against it is either religion, spirituality, God, or some semblance of that. Does that, um, do you, are you a religious person? Is that something that you have, um, you know, made a part of your life? Yeah. I think for me, it's, um, it's, it's trying to think how this, yeah, with, with usually if I, if I'm not having a a one-on-one conversation with a person, um, I like to kind of describe things in the way that I described it in my post because I think sometimes there's times to directly like refer to God or Jesus or you know whatever your like religious thing that you're really referring to but I think sometimes you can just describe what you're experiencing and then people like I mean, cause I, like, oh, but this, this could be a whole long thing, but <laughs> I believe like if, if people are going to have like a religious experience, like, like as like, you know, like I identify as like a Christian, like I would believe like that would be like the Holy spirit would be like in that encounter. Um, and that that's like from my biblical understanding of the Bible, and that doesn't make sense, but my understanding of the Bible, um, so like if you just describe something like the if someone's going to really like receive that in a religious way like the the holy spirit is going to work anyway so you don't always have to explicitly say things because sometimes when you do people just kind of get annoyed and write it off anyways um but also i'm i i just describe how i'm feeling because i'm also in that like stage of where i, I don't like it's really hard for me to like believe things a hundred percent. I'm just like very, I don't know. This is not how my brain works. So I have like many doubts and, and even though I've chosen to, um, um, I've chosen to like believe in God and believe that the most likely scenario is that Jesus lived and was the son of God. And that like, you know, through his like death and resurrection, like we can have eternal life. And like, that's how we connect with God. Um, like that's what I've chosen, but then there's also like a part of my brain that's like, but there's no, that's not like a hundred percent certainty. Like, I don't know. Like sometimes I wake up and it's like, that could not all be true. I mean, I have these, you have these like experiences where it's like, it just seems like the, I mean, that had to be some supernatural experience or like that had to be God that had to be the Holy spirit. This could have like, you know, you have experiences, but then you also have, your brain's still like, well, that's, it's still not enough evidence, you know, like, um, you know, and that could be, you know, biblically that could be, you know, there, there can be spiritual warfare. I'm not going to get into that on this particular podcast, but like, you know, I don't really know, like there's so many things, but, um, but I think because of like all the doubt I've had and, and just like the constant, like my mind just thinks so many things. Um, I, I like to just describe what is happening or and what I'm feeling because I don't like to nec- because I like for myself to have the chance of like not trying to force a belief and just like 
rely, like, just, like, be, like, okay, if God is God and, and the Holy Spirit is, like, present around my life, then, like, that's just going to, like, that's just going to be there, and, like, I don't always have to force my own faith, too, um, and so I can just, I can describe things with, without saying 100%, like, this was God, or this, because, one, you don't even know, or at least I don't know, like, people always say, like, God told me this, or, like, it's, like, <laughs> I don't know. May I mean, yeah, like some people may be really certain it was, but I'm just I'm more like, you know, I don't know. Like they could could have been or maybe really likely. Um but yeah, so I think that's where yeah, where I'm at is like it's a, I don't know, it's a, it's a very complex conversation, but but yeah, when I describe things, it's definitely referring those things are referring to God and like when I say like you know, we're meant for greatness or creative greatness. I, I, I believe that, I, I believe that that's because there is someone that created, <laughs> you know, there is someone that created the earth and that created humanity. Um, because if, you know, if we're just random, um, you know, particle physics that somehow interact with each other in a way that follows universal laws for some reason, there's universal laws like it, then we're not really created for data we're just kind of nothing really um but i but but i think every human deep down knows like we're not just nothing like we're something like there's and each person is like something like each individual person and i think that's like like human rights things are like it's hard to it's weird when relig when god and like human rights things is separated because it's like why are human rights so important if you if there's if it's this is all random chaos kind of like but because people know that like a human is more than a physical thing it's like there's some soul within us but like what is that soul like so just because we can't necessarily answer that question doesn't mean there is a god but it's, you're not gonna answer that question for us today cj no, I mean, just because, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, it's like, it's, but it makes it pretty, I mean, it makes, makes the, at least opens the conversation for a decent argument that there is. So, um, yeah, so I think that great, I, and yeah, and I think like, um, it just gives you, yeah, it, it helps to have like a bet, like, I don't know. I just feel like when people really sit down and think about each person, it's like, yeah, like there is something each person can do and like each person can have value and like a purpose. And it's like, why? Like, why do we all believe that so much? Is it just like some evolutionary thing? Like, I don't know, because we still do stupid stuff and kill each other. So, you know, evolution, I don't think it can account for, for that. So like, it, the, I think I think we have that deep innate in us because we literally like we were created with that purpose and that's why like you know like god himself you know chose to be beaten and <laughs> mocked by his own creation so yeah and you, you highlighted it there in terms of like the, the idea that underlying all of that is this idea that you know made for greatness that, that, that that's part of being human and that in these experiences you have felt that personally with a certain kind of clarity um and enhanced sense of self that I think is um, really enlightening. I appreciate you sharing it. And it's certainly something that I think a lot of people can, uh, can resonate with, even as me. So I'm not a religious person. I'm also not an atheist because a lot of things you just said, I've also felt, right? Like I, I feel like I have a soul. Like there's something inside of me. I'm not just a meat sack. Right. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know what any of this means. And I'm, again, I'm not a religious person. Uh, I'm married to a religious person. Um, but I also feel like I, there has to be something more to this. But again, we don't have to dive into all of this right now. But I did want to touch on it because it does it does seem pretty obvious that at the heart of your post that that is part of the, the nucleus um, inside of it. So I do appreciate you, you talking about it. That is for sure. And I guess let's see here. Uh, I know I had another question I wanted to ask about it. Oh, um, but finally, when you have those moments, and you, you talk about this um, about 10 minutes ago, these moments of clarity um, in, the, in, the, in the broadest sense uh, that you describe in this post, on this podcast, uh, about the experience you had during the race, and you've had them in the past, when you have those and you do have that 
that sense of oneness, but also connectivity. Um, how do, do you move forward with that and try to keep that, that faith element there, not merely in terms of like connection to a spiritual being, but in faith in your own self? Right, because it feels like there are there are moments where we all fall down in terms of not having faith in ourselves, um, especially like you mentioned, like living that filtered grayscale life. Um, that you know, it kind of is the opposite of what of what you're talking about now. So, so how do you move forward with that clarity to try to enhance those times in the future? Yeah, I mean that that it's a, it's a good question. Um, that I think the simplest answer is is I I haven't mastered that or figured that out and i think it's something that every for the most part every you know everyone struggles with um from from a from a religious faith standpoint and, and just believing in themselves i think um you know from a religious standpoint it's, it's really easy to see you have this feeling you have this like clarity moment where you really feel like connected to god or, or that you know this is real or that you know there's just all these things like you have this like really strong spiritual experience and then and then and then you make a decision about what you're going to believe in and then three months later that that feeling or that experience that you have is is now far removed and you don't feel it and you're you're living life and it nothing like that experience was still real but like we, we we live so much in the current um in what we're currently feeling and experiencing and it's it's really hard to um, continue to make like when we made choices in a certain mind state, like it's hard to continue to make those choices when we're no longer in that same mind state. So whether it's like you have this religious experience and you choose to believe in God and you choose to follow a, a way of living and worshiping and, and how you treat people and love people. Well, then, like, you know, after you go through life, you, you kind of, <laughs> yeah, you just things happen and, and you stop making those decisions because you're no longer feeling, you're not going to feel that crazy high experience every day. Same with like you, you either have a good race or, or you watch some video, something really motivates you to be like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to run a fast marathon or, you know, I'm going to read 50 books in a year. Like something motivates you to make a decision because you feel this strong, but then it, it's so hard to like follow through on it. Um, so I think if I could answer the question, you know, I sell a lot of books and stuff, but you know, I don't, I don't know. And I, I would think, have a lot of downloads, CJ, if you could answer that question yeah, for me. That's, I think, what, that's what I'm mining for right now. So yeah, it's hard. I think one thing is, is it's good to, to kind of reflect and like remember these moments. Cause I've had a few of these moments. And so sometimes when I am feeling, when I'm not feeling that, that, uh, sense of greatness or motivation sometimes I have to go back to to the few moments I've had because those you I think realistically you have to expect that those feelings like feeling like you're great at least for me or you know feeling like you know God is with me or creating me for greatness is like that's like one percent maybe a half a percent like most of like what I'm feeling is not that is most of what I'm feeling is just like I got a bunch of work to do I got you know I got all this stuff to do then I'm just feeling down. Then I'm just feeling tired. Like you have very, very, very small moments where you're feeling good and motivated and pumped up and, and, and whatever you, you know, are believing in. And so you have to just like, you have to, first you just have to expect that. I think if you have those expectations, even people that believe in God, you have to expect, man, there's going to be a lot of days where you don't because everyone around you is saying it's not real. You believe in a fairy, you know, like it's culture, like, so you have to expect that you're not going to always, you know, believe like, you know, maybe you're following a certain diet or whatever. You should always be open to, 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 to looking at things in a new light. Cause maybe, maybe the thing that you did follow wasn't fully correct, but, but you know, sometimes you have to stick to what you're doing. So there's a balance there too. But, um, yeah, so first it's just expecting. And then second is just creating discipline and habits. And that's why I included, you know, most of us, yeah, we are created for greatness, but the reality is the that almost all of us to some degree haven't created those habits and the discipline to get there. Like some of us are on the way and some of us are further as long as we aren't. So, yeah, we're not seeing that greatness in ourselves. So we can easily be Debbie Downers on ourselves and be like, 
man, that's not true. Look at me. Look how much I suck. Like, we can easily bring ourselves down because it's like, yeah, that is true. Like, I can look at all my mistakes. I can look at all the times I've, I've done bad, like, not just in running, but, you know, mostly in life. And that's true. Like, those are very valid things, but it doesn't change who I am. It just means I probably do need to change some of the things I'm doing, some of the habits I'm doing, some of my discipline, and... Um, and that's really hard too. So then you're like, okay, well, how do I, how do I do that? And you have to expect that, like, when you are changing your habits, you're going to, you're going to fail. Like you're going to do things you don't want to do. You're going to do the wrong things and feel like you're a failure. Like you're never going to be able to, 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 <laughs> you're never going to be able to develop the habits necessary to be great. Um, but like, the goal isn't to like be have perfect habits. It's just to like, man, if you wanted to read 50 books a year and you only got two, well, maybe the next year you read four and it's like, man, you still suck. You weren't even close to your goal. You were, you know, you achieved 8% of your goal. That's really bad. I mean, you, you definitely failed, but you went from two to four books. So you're, you're trending in the right direction, which is another important thing to, to do. Um, and then, yeah, it's just doing your best to develop habits. So, like, for me, it's, like, okay, trying to analyze, like, how can I create a life? How can I create people around me? How can I have preset things to where I'm continuing to do things well? So, I'm trying to think of a example. Um, I don't I don't know. I'm blanking on things maybe I need I need to create more habits I guess I get <laughs> but like you kind of have like built-in things so that you don't get um so that you like yeah having a schedule I guess um like for like for running like having a, a schedule helps um because then like you kind of have you have to do it whether you feel like doing it or not and so like as I start to train now it's like okay what what's realistic for me and, like, what are things that, like, I'm just going to, how can I, like, set up things to where, like, I'm just going to do it regardless? Um, but, and yeah. Just, and it, I thought you brought up a good point know. before, too, of, like, you know, it's, like, the idea is you're going through, like, the, the what-if situation of, like, oh, man, like, I suck, I suck, I suck. And it's, like, all right. And as, as a parent, you're certainly going to live this life as well as your, you know, as, as, as your kids grow. It's like they have like, no, you know, what you what you did sucked. You don't suck. Right. Yeah. Kind of disconnecting the two of like personifying the suck versus just identifying like, yeah, that wasn't great, but you're great, you know, and kind of de detaching the two. Um You've been so generous with your time. I do want to ask you one more question, and I don't. There's no great segue, so I'm just going to dive in. Um, this is called Road to the Trials, and part of that is, is not only, you know, you doing your best, but inherent in that is also the competitive side of things, right? So you, know, you were in a race with some of America's best runners, right? Not just for the world's best, but America's best, and the top five, and especially the top four. We're all get all together with within forty five seconds of each other. So it was Scott Fobble at two oh nine forty four, Matt McDonald at two ten seventeen, Connor Mance at two ten twenty five, and then you at two ten thirty three. So you're all kind of basically evenly spaced amongst the, that forty five seconds or so um, in terms of the top four. Do you have any? Did you have any analysis or things that you would take from this event in regards to any of those four people as like um, just in terms of what you're going to take moving forward or any um, I guess analysis isn't the right word, but I can't think of the right word at the moment. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I, I, every race is different. And so you have to be like getting top three in a race is hard and and the people that can run the fastest times aren't necessarily going to be able to place top three in a race that's where only top three matters um and so for me it's really being like okay how can how can i run in a race where it's most likely going to be just one big pack and sometimes there's a few people that go out but it's mostly going to be one big pack and then it gets whittled down and and you try to close and race people at the end to, to be top three. Um, and that's something that I don't, um, I don't fully know how I'm going to do. Um, 
you know, and, and racing, racing like that. Um, and then you don't know like what the pace is going to require either, because I think we're going to have some guys that can, that can run, you know, 207, 208. Um, I, but you know, you don't know how the trials will play out. So I think for me, it's just being able to race like in every situation, you know, going out slow and closing really fast, um, running hard from the start, which, you know, I can, I think I can do, but more so just like the closing the second half really well. Um, and just kind of making big moves and covering big moves. Um, and just kind of like that, that little racing, because like these big, like world stage races don't really, um, the leaders are racing like that, but everyone else kind of isn't. And so, because it's, you know, there's just, you're kind of getting strung along or there's a big fast pack. So the Olympic trials is just so much different. Cause again, it's only top three and spite and there's no international people running like 202 or 204 or whatever. So it's just, you know, there's just your pack and you, and you go and you got to beat people. So, um, yeah, I'll have to do some different things in training, probably more fart lake type stuff, a lot more speed type things. Um, and yeah, I mean, individually, nothing really changed as far as how individuals go, because I, I mean, I've kind of always known that that's what the trials will be like. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a good race. And I think, I mean, Connor's going to be very good in the marathon. I mean, he... Yeah, he ended up with all of us, but it's because he ran like six minute pace the last two miles. I think in a in a race that doesn't go out in sixty two minutes at Boston, he, that he doesn't get hyperthermic in. I mean, he he's gonna run pretty fast. So, um, and we, I mean, there's other guys in America that can run pretty fast. So, it's yeah, there sure yeah. are. Uh, yes, last one. What, what was your half marathon? What's your half marathon PR? Do you know off the top of your head? That was that was it. I was gonna say I don't really <laughs> run a lot of half. I haven't half really this raced a downhill half, but it was yeah. I haven't um, really raced a lot of half. Sixty-two twenty. Yeah, that's by far the fastest I've ever ran. Last, my previous fastest half marathon was last year's Boston at sixty-three, sixty-three twenty. But I don't. I could probably run. Obviously, I could race a half faster. Oh I just God, haven't. Obviously. Actually, I didn't think. I thought if I raced a half, I'd be somewhere around sixty-three minutes maybe somewhere, maybe just under 63. So that's another thing that I was encouraged by the race. I'm like, man, I ran 62.20. Like, I I would have been pretty happy if I ran a half marathon at 62.20. Like, I would have been like, yeah, that, was a, <laughs> that was a good run. I had more speed than I thought. See, so, you, just did, you had you had a 68, you had a 68 minute uh, cool down. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, yeah. <laughs> CJ, thank you so much for coming on the show, uh, for sharing again, as, as always, you know, the, the honesty and the frankness uh, and uh, just the, the overall thoughtfulness that you share. It's always a pleasure. And I know everyone appreciates it, not just me. So thanks again for doing this. I look forward to catching up with you in a couple months and just see how, uh, see how things are going. Yeah. Thanks for asking good questions. Cause the, the th you know, good questions aren't asked. You can't really be thoughtful. So. <laughs>